Welcome back to Become One Living. I'm here with my wife, Jody. Hello. That, a little stronger. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy to be back. Yeah, it, it's fun. It is. And today, we're going to dive into... The, the Niyamas. No, the Yamas. Oh, the Yamas. Yes, the first limb. Okay. Is that okay, Dan? Sure. Great. Become One Living podcast offers tools for living consciously and creating permanent change. We do this with all different modalities we use, Dan and I, and today we're sharing the first limb of the eight limb path called Ayama. In our last podcast, we shared on how yoga is a complete system and that there's these eight limbs. Today, we're diving in. Yama is spelled Y-A-M-A for our friends who do not know. It's a yoga word, and it can be translated as restraints. The idea of a yama is what not to do. What not to do in the world in relationship with others. I'm not a fan of what not to do, though. Yeah, or restraints. Exactly. When I look at the yamas, I look at them as observances of my own behavior in relationship to someone. I don't want to have to restrain from being violent. I don't want to have to restrain from yelling. If I'm always yelling, I need to get to the root why there's yelling. Does that make sense to you? Absolutely. The reason why someone typically raises their voice is because another participant is not hearing them. Could be. I don't know. So you speak louder. (laughs) Well, I want to share this quote with my friends. Your beliefs don't make you a better person. Your behavior does. And the yamas, to me, are about action and the action you take. Because people can say, oh, I do yoga, I'm a yogi, I'm a yogini. And that just means they can say, I practice yoga. And you've even seen this in religion. Oh, I'm a religious person. I'm this, I'm that, right? I don't, I'm not sure what those things mean, but then their behavior is completely different of what you would expect because yoga is about action and the yamas give you an opportunity to study your behavior, or to watch your actions in the world with other people. Yamas are guidelines for interacting in the external world. If somebody wants to create transformation or create a permanent change, you can't do it just from moving the body. So one of the limbs is asana. You cannot just keep moving your body and moving your body, leaving yoga class and expecting to behave differently. Here's an example. We live in New Jersey and we live very close to New York City. It is extremely busy. Traffic everywhere. 
And for years, I would get on this highway called Route 21. And as soon as it would get busy and turn from four lanes into one lane, I heard me mother effing everybody, cursing, yelling, screaming. Meanwhile, I'm doing yoga 10 years, 15 years. I was on the phone with someone and you know what they said? Oh my God, are you okay? (laughs) I forgot they were on the phone and I'm screaming and cursing and yelling. I got off the phone and I was mortified, shame. I felt horrible. When I got to work, which was to teach a yoga class, I sat down and I asked myself, what am I doing? What am I doing if my yoga practice that I participate in is not altering or impacting me on a deeper level? Why am I even doing it if I'm still a jerk? To me, that's what the yamas are about. It's about me and what I bring to the world. Yeah. There are good guidelines to remember. Good reflections to our behaviors. Uh, You know, the booby trap is you are human and we are all human. Um, I think you referenced, you know, uh, I'm not sure. I think you referenced church, but, you know, that was always the, the, uh, the, uh, um, an interesting thing to me being raised Catholic is that I know that pe- what people are like, you know, in my life. And then on Sunday, it's like, oh, may peace be with you. And then Monday comes and it's the same old story, which is one of the reasons why I became a scoopy doopy. That's why I became a yoga yogi. That's why I became interested in yoga because there's tools. I never went to church in my particular church, I'm not saying all churches because I don't know, I only know my limited experience, but I never learned all the tools that are offered in the eight limbs of yoga. And it starts with these essentials, you know, behaviors, outward and inward. But I mean, I don't know anywhere else where this is offered, this comprehensive package. And, and, and we're setting the tone with the yamas and the niyamas. And the yamas are actually written into numerous different texts. There's about 60 sightings of different yamas. They're not only in the eight limbs. So in other books about yoga, they also have them sprinkled in. In this particular text, in the eight limbs, there's five yamas. There's five different things that you could check your behavior against or see your reflection in. And one is nonviolence. One is truth. Non-stealing, non-clinging or greed, and moderation. All of those are so rich. You could dive into any one of those, you know, and go so so deep. Um, you know, non-attachment. Uh, and all of these, by the way, have what I like to say is, is offer that, that understanding of a double-edged blade where it's like, yeah, we're think, we can approach it saying, okay, not being attached, but we can also approach it inwardly and say, well, okay, what is my expectation of this? Because sometimes that sets us up for being attached 
to a certain outcome or a certain offering or a certain result. So and, all of these are very rich. And then you would actually behave differently. If you wanted the outcome a certain way, perhaps you have an agenda, you would start to act differently. You may become manipulative. And lying and stealing. And when I started to study these, what I learned was how my lateness impacted other people. When we talk about non-stealing and that example came up, I realized how much my behavior impacts the whole. That's what the Yamas did for me because I had an addiction. I was always late or a no-show and I would always lie to cover my addiction when I was younger. When I started studying this, I realized how my lying, being late or just not showing up, impacted the owners, impacted my, the students, and impact everyone around me. Even just driving there, I would drive on two wheels. I got to go, I got to go. I would be taking people out. I'm late, I'm late, I'm late. And I would run up the stairs, papers flying out of my bag, running in to teach a yoga class. When I was younger, it was wild. And one time someone said to me, I hear you a mile away. I know you're coming when I hear the door open. And I got very offended. Though because of yoga and me wanting to heal, I heard her. And I asked myself, why am I so loud or violent? The way I walked upstairs it was violent, running, bullying myself, rushing. There's these aspects allow us to look at our life and our behavior in a different way without judgment. This isn't about judging. My friends, please, if you're listening. It's about awareness. Yes, no it, judging. It, it truly is about awareness and, and awareness comes um, largely in community. So Jody's offering, you know, my, my other side of the coin of that offering is, is, is being one of, you know, say 30 students in a class and the class and the teacher says, okay, we're just waiting for one more person and it's seven minutes after the hour of the start time. Does, and, and you just kind of got to scratch your head and you know, rub your chin and be like, does that person realize that they're one and there's a 30 other people that are on time? So if it becomes a ritual for that person of always being late, that's, that's enough of a reflection. That's a great bite for that person to get with. If they can get with that, they perhaps may be maturing. They, they have that, an opportunity to mature and become a, a more, I don't want to say responsible, but... A, a, accountable. Accountable. Become and, accountable and, for your actions. And, and, then, and, then, and then that doesn't hold up the boat. You know, that doesn't hold up the train. Then, then we can move forward and, and have, you know, be, be more productive. And In my teacher trainings, if you're new to us, I teach yoga teachers how to teach yoga 200 hour, 300, and soon yoga therapy training. We are now a yoga therapy Yay. school. Yeah. Uh, 20, almost 30 years later. Yeah. <laughs> and 
I share with my students honestly that lateness will not be tolerated from experience from experience when I was in my 20s a little punk I say I was I rolled up to class about three five minutes late with a gallon of water in my hand I used to be a bodybuilder that is a whole nother episode with pictures somehow we'd have to show you pictures anyway uh, about 20 something years ago I roll up late and the door is locked and I lift up on my tippy toes and I look in and I saw my teacher he was about five four my teacher and big personality he shook his head and I tapped on the window again he opened the door and he said go home and don't come back late and don't ever come back with water and I just stood outside the door I was in shock that someone would talk to me like that and then he was assigned to be my mentor lucky him (laughs) thank you (laughs) and I met him at Starbucks and said to him yo what's the deal that's rude and he explained to me the yamas and stealing but he also said something about discipline and he said if you want to be here and you want to change and you're serious you're going to show up on time And if you're not, you're not allowed in my room. And it's not personal. That changed my life in that moment. Because throughout my life, there are many things that hit me, that struck my heart. But he explained to me that if I'm going to show up loosey-goosey and whenever I want, that's how I'm going to take change. That's how I'm going to show up for life not take it seriously and not have accountability and think I could do whatever I want. And because of that, I share with my teacher trainees that lateness is not tolerated because it's just not them. They're impacting. We need to learn the world. May the world learn how the littlest thing they do ripples out and impacts the whole. Every action every thought, every word spoken ripples on and on. Nonviolence also is not just physical violence. In yoga, people will use this word called ahimsa and talk about food and eating and veganism. I'm, I'm not going to go that way. I want to talk about your violent thoughts about people and your words. When you gossip, that's violent. When you say bad things about people, that's violent. And when you do it to yourself, that's violent. I'm not good enough. I'm a loser. Even if you think it's joking, you are putting that out there, teaching people unconsciously, how to treat you. Violence, stealing, truth. Yeah, stealing, uh, stealing people's 
energy, stealing people's resources, stealing people's time, are all, you know, they're not nice. They're you're, they're not thoughtful. Um, and 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 hopefully, as as we move on, you'll you'll realize all of the awareness that's created brings you more present. And so that you can have the reflections and address, not beat yourself up, but just be just simply be more mature in in your presence and in your offering and in your relationships. It it makes life sweeter, and 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 it reduces greatly the tension and anxiety and stress. As you were sharing, I was thinking about neuroscience and neurology about this. If you're violent, you're in fight or flight. If you're saying, I can't do this, or I don't want to deal with this, you're technically saying, I'm afraid of that, or I hate that, and I'm going to fight that. Now, as you're saying these things internally, or maybe not even out loud, but it's happening, your actions, your brain now goes into fight or flight, you start to release adrenaline and or cortisol to help you deal with these situations that don't really even need to be dealt with on that hypervigilant or defensive manner. Once you're in that state, my friends, you will never be able to experience compassion, peace, calmness, love, or, and to me the most important, you will not be able to witness your own behavior because your body is in a mode of fight or flight. And when it's in that mode, the resources and the blood flow that you have is used to get you prepared for a rumble. (laughs) Because they're used for that, you don't have blood flow and resources to the front of the brain where love, compassion, curiosity, and witness abide and live. And the ability to say no and mean it. Yes. From this, in yoga, there's a book we've mentioned, we haven't dove into yet, that's coming, the Yoga Sutras. It says, if you do the eight limbs of yoga, you get to abide in your true nature. Our true nature or our essence when it's all boiled down is peacefulness, Mm -hmm. is love. And peacefulness like vulnerability are so powerful, right? Um, It's easy or people can be quick to say okay non-stealing not this not that and go absolute and go absolute and say well they're saying not to do this i'm not going to do that at all what i want to the point that i want to make is that all of these things you have to use become sensitive to you have to use you have to use finesse you have to use just the right amount. There has to be just enoughness. There has to be just enough. 
just like an asana. How much do I, how much do I fold forward? Well, just enough for that moment, for that day, for that, that practice of, of the day. And, and that's how all of my approach to all of these things are. In the right time, in the right moment, for the right person, with the right relationship, with anything, whether it's the chicken I'm cooking or being on the road or with Joe. You know, so, I mean, I, 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 I'm curious because there's always someone um, who's, who's wanting to take that so fully to, to, to pin, pin the dial, pin the dial. And what I'm suggesting is just take it in. Um, and just like the reflections in your life, take them in easefully, gracefully. Take them in and, and help yourself get to know yourself. Everything that happens to you, everything you experience, all of your relationships ideally help you grow. Our brain is wired to feel scared when something is unfamiliar to us. So sometimes that could be why someone pins it all one way. For me, that's how I rolled for years, right? It was either I'm going to brush my teeth or I'm not going to brush my teeth. I know that's simple, but that's kind of how it went. Either I'm going to do this all the way or I'm not going to do this. I lived for years in addiction and that polarity. And when I did that dance back and forth, I realized, well, this isn't helpful because I'm doing the same thing over and over again, just the extreme. And it wasn't authentic. So what I'm hearing from you is we have to take these things and authentically use them and make them ours, not where we're just doing habits of, I'm not going to kill a bug. I'm not going to, instead of feeling in the moment, what's the need here? Because listen, if a big bug's coming at me, I'm gonna, I might hurt it. I mean, it depends on the size of the bug, right? <laughs> and, and then not abuse ourselves for these things because we're human. Sure. So much of this is almost like, to me, is like rediscovering. It's almost like you, your body and your mind and your soul. It's like buying a new body, mind, and soul. It's like buying a new car you know, test driving it, seeing how it rides. It's, we, we have over and over and over again, opportunities to rediscover ourselves. And, and, you know, one of Jody's favorite movies for, for a flash in time was the Croods and the Croods, it was like the dad, they were cavemen family. And the, 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 the Croods essentially was like anything outside the cave, bad inside the cave, good, right? We are in a time in our evolution that we have great opportunities to experience more, more than just on and off. And that's what this makes me think of. We have that potential now because of the development of the front of the brain that we can make better choices or remove ourselves from situations that are threatening you, you, you know, just because somebody confronts you, that's, that, it's like, like a guy, it's like, okay, say, well, now I, now, now I'm, I'm being challenged. So I got to like act on this. Well, no, actually you can say no and turn around and not, not engage. So the yamas are just the beginning of yoga in a lot of the texts, because they said 
in the text, and I believe this to some degree, that if you don't study your behavior and your relationship with the world, then you take it onto the mat anyway, and you can be enhancing that negative behavior with self. If you're always bullying yourself in the world, I have to do this, I got to do that, I'm not doing enough. Now you get on the mat and you're going to bully yourself into asana, into these postures, and perhaps even bully yourself to breathe. For example, when you hear Darth Vader in class, and I share with them, that's a little aggressive, my friends. (laughs) And I explain why we want to tone down the breath because we don't want to agitate the system. With the yamas, something that stands out to me is I have been in the yoga world a very long time and I have met many mean, nasty, backstabbing, front-stabbing people saying, I'm a yogi, kumbaya, and let's chant om together. And I'm not saying I don't have all those traits. I'm human. What I am saying, though, is those same people keep living that way and people allow them to behave that way. No change. No change. No transformation. If you do not ask yourself, what is my part in this? Then what are you doing? How, how can you say you practice yoga and consciousness if, if you're not checking yourself? One of the things that I share with my students, and I hope you all hear this, is every day I ask myself, did I harm someone? Did I say something not cool? What is my part in my day if it was crappy or even if it was good? Please, my friends listening, ask yourself, who showed up today? What is my behavior? Because someone told me, when I walk in a room, people would be afraid of me. And I thought, well, why? And I'd look in the mirror and I'd know why. I was intimidating. And there was a part that wanted people to be afraid of me as a defense mechanism, because I was afraid of vulnerability. Years and years ago. And when I heard that, I thought, I wanna walk in and bring love. I know, I know, some of you may think that sounds corny, and I'm not saying kumbaya love, I'm saying I wanna bring peace in the room. I wanna be that person that transmutes that darkness into connectedness, I don't want to be intimidating and creative division between people. And that is why we wanted to talk about this and wanted to share this. What your beliefs are mean nothing. It's your actions. And so are your actions violent in some way? Are they not truthful? Are they, are you stealing? Are you greedy? And do you take in excess? Mm -hmm. Do you engage in? Do you lack a sense of enoughness? Yes. Yeah. One is brahmacharya, which is moderation. They used to use it as celibacy because yoga was really for young men many, many years ago. It was a 
a spiritual path, uh, a pure spiritual path. But but the tools also are great for commoners like me. Brahmacharya. It means moderation. So the questions that you ask yourself are about your actions and am I greedy? Am I taking in too much food, TV, people, places? Am I spending too much? Where is the moderation? Are my behaviors expanding and adding to my life or are my behaviors draining, contracting, and draining my life? Do you have any final thought, Dan, on the yamas and this outer engagement with the world? I'm thinking. Oh. How does everyone feel about silence? <laughs> Right? Well, yeah. that's another part of yoga. Yeah. Taking that moment to pause before you decide to act. Before you decide to speak. Tapping in and pausing. May you pause and ask yourself, why am I doing this? How am I doing this? Who is even doing this? and add this little piece on to your yoga practice, the first limb of eights, yama. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Become one living at gmail.com if you want to drop us a line, a Ask. comment, a question. We'd love that. Thank you.